Jesus, thank you, Jesus. What a wonderful presence of the Lord is in this place tonight. Hallelujah. I thank God for what we feel in this house. And I thank God for the Varnum family, for Pastor Jay and Sister Helena Varnum and Bishop and Sister Varnum. I love them very much. And I wasn't I wasn't going to say anything about this, but Pastor Jay started talking about cards and Uno and switching colors and stuff. And, you know, we, we have, you know, he used to be a magician. And he can take a card and just make it disappear or switch it or whatever. And they were very kind to invite us to hang out with them in Orlando for a few nights. And so my wife and I, not thinking anything, any harm would come to us, we went there to be with our friends, and on the first night, he said, let's go eat at the T-Rex in uh, downtown Disney. So we went there, and I handed my credit card to the server, and he handed his credit card to the server, and lo and behold, bam, it was like lightning. From that point forward, I paid for everything that man got. I paid for their groceries. I paid for their kids' Legos. I paid for the hotel room. He's smooth. I'm telling you right. So y'all pray for him. I don't know what to say about that, but Glory to God. Just be careful if you go on a trip with them, okay? I'm telling you that right now. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. I want to turn your attention to Genesis chapter 1, beginning with verse 14, and then we're going to go to Luke 21. I know tomorrow is Memorial Day. We're going to we got plans to go eat steak, hallelujah. I'm sure y'all got plans to party, but it's my job to make you feel as guilty as possible tonight, so let's just go ahead and do it, hallelujah. <laughs> Genesis chapter 1 and verse 14, and God said, let there be lights in the firmament of the heaven to divide the day from the night, and let them be for signs, everybody say signs, and for seasons, and for days, and years. Let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and years. Luke chapter 21 and verse 25. Jesus is speaking. He said, And there shall be signs in the sun and in the moon and in the stars and upon the earth, distress of nations with perplexity, the sea and the waves roaring, men's hearts failing them for fear and for looking after those things which are coming on the earth. For the powers of heaven shall be shaken, and then shall they see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. And when these things begin to come to pass, then look up and lift up your heads, for your redemption draweth nigh. When these things begin to come to pass, look up, lift up your heads. For your redemption draweth nigh. Matthew chapter 24. This is the same conversation that's recorded by Matthew that Jesus said. He said, immediately after the tribulation of those days shall the sun be darkened. And the moon shall not give her light. And the stars shall fall from heaven. And the powers of the heavens shall be shaken. And then shall appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven, and then shall all the tribes of the earth mourn, and they shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. And he shall send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet, and they shall gather together his elect from the four winds from one end of heaven to the other. 
Now learn the parable of the fig tree. When his branch is yet tender and putteth forth leaves, ye know that summer is nigh. So likewise ye, when ye shall see all these things, know that it is near even at the doors. I want to preach to you signs in the heavens tonight. I'm going to talk about something very different tonight, and I'm, I'm just not going to, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know how you're going to react. You do your thing, I'm going to do my thing, okay? This is kind of where I live, and I feel like the Lord has spoken to me, and I've prayed diligently and studied diligently, and I feel like God is going to speak to someone. Would you lift your hands to the Lord, and let's ask Him to do exactly what He wants to do. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, by the authority of the Word of God, and by the power of the name Jesus, I bind every spirit that will come against the work of God, the man of God, the flow of God, the spirit of God. I rebuke every spirit of unbelief, every scale on the eye, every spirit of skepticism, God, that would cloud the mind from seeing the signs that you have spoken of to precede your coming. I loose the angels of the Lord into this place now. God, for revelation and understanding, give us eyes to see and ears to hear that we can be forever changed by your word in Jesus' name. We pray. Everybody said in Jesus' name. Would you clap your hands to the Lord and let's thank him for what he's about to do. And if you feel like shouting a little bit, you can do that too. Hallelujah. Give somebody a high five and say, Jesus is coming. When I look at the world today, life is moving on just like it has for thousands of years. People are busy. The Bible says that many people would be going to and fro. You get on the interstate, people are going to and fro. Knowledge would increase. Knowledge is increasing at a greater rate than ever before in the history of earth. People are planning things. They're planning good things. They're planning for their future. Some people are planning bad things. They're, they're plotting to do something wicked. Some people are about to be married, as we just heard tonight. Some people are celebrating 50 years of marriage. Some are at the beginning. Others have a few years they can look back on with enjoyment. Some people are having kids. And some people are watching their kids have kids. Many people are sinning. Many people are being blessed. Some people are going through trials right now in this building. Some people are fervent in the spirit. Some people are drifting. Some people are finding Jesus right now. And some people are walking and running away from Jesus right now. And in spite of the constant progression of time, we must not lose sight of what time it is and what we are looking for as the church of God. In Luke 17, Jesus said, And as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be also in the days of the Son of Man. 
They did eat and they drank. They married wives. They were given in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark. And the flood came and destroyed them all. Likewise, also as it was in the days of Lot. They did eat. They drank. They bought. They sold. They planted. They builded. But the same day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. Even thus shall it be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. Even thus, what's he talking about? The busyness. The process of life. People are going to be getting married and giving in marriage and buying and selling and eating and drinking. Just in that time when the process of life is going as it always has. Bam! Everything's going to change. Now God is merciful. And even though he said he would come. I believe in his mercy that he has been waiting until the last possible moment. So a few more people can be saved. Peter said it. 2 Peter 3 and 9. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise as some men count slackness what is it talking about slackness not slack means he's not being lazy in confirming his word but why is he waiting because it is long suffering to us we're not willing that any should perish but that all should come to repentance but the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night in the which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise and the elements shall melt with fervent heat the earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved what manner of persons are ye to be in all holy conversation and godliness you see our conversation when we say conversation we're talking about what we say but that old biblical word conversation is how you behave He's saying you ought to be thinking about this in all manner of behavior and godliness, looking for and hasting unto the coming of the day of God. What does hasting mean? We're speeding towards that day. We're urging onward towards that day. We're eagerly anticipating the coming of the day of God, wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. Nevertheless, we, according to His promise, Look for new heavens and a new earth. This world is not my home. I'm just a passing through. I'm looking for a city whose builder and maker is God. He said, Wherefore, beloved, seeing that you look for such things, be diligent. What does diligent mean? To make effort, to be prompt, to be earnest, endeavor, labor, study, that you may be found of Him in peace without spot and blameless. People that are focused on this world, people that are focused on the process of life more than anything, you're going to miss something. Be diligent. And see, there's a problem with life as usual. It's hard to grasp the spiritual urgency and significance of this single moment in time. Right now. You know what people think when they're under conviction and they come to church and there's such a spirit of God drawing them to an altar. There's such a conviction pulling them to the altar. You know what they think? Well, I got another day. 
I can wait till next week. The Bible says many will be in the valley of decision. I, I've got a few more. I'm just young. I've got time. Let me tell you something. You don't have the time you think you have. You do not have the time to get right with God that you think you have. Hear what I'm saying, people. This thing is coming to a close. It's coming to a screeching halt. Life will not go on as usual. There is a day coming. There is a moment in time that's coming. I don't care if tomorrow's Memorial Day or not. There's a time coming when everything's going to be rearranged in a moment. People say, well, it's just another day. It's just another Sunday night. I've heard a million Sunday night messages. It's just another year. It's just another week. It's just another church service. It's just another prayer meeting. And all the while, God is posting signs up for all to see. This thing is about to come to an end. Jesus said, and I learned the parable of the fig tree, when his branch is yet tender and putteth forth leaves. You know that summer is nigh because you're looking at the evidence. You're looking at the signs. And you can tell by what you know about these signs, something is about to happen. So likewise ye, when ye shall see all these things, know that it is near even at the doors. What has been near to us for centuries the promise that has been in the heart of every believer, every saint of God, every faithful worker in the kingdom. What has been near to them is now at the door. Something very extraordinary is happening in the heavens. God said He would give us signs in the heavens so that we would be able to keep track of times and seasons. He also uses signs in the heavens to show us what time it is spiritually. Every great spiritual event on earth was joined with a great celestial event in the heavens. For instance, Matthew 2 and 1, Now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? How did they know that the king of Jews was about to be born? For we have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him. The most significant event to ever happen on planet earth was the birth of Jesus Christ. This world changing was signaled by the appearance of a little star. Now most of the pictures we see kind of show a rather large star. It's big and it has a kite tail and it's kind of pointing right down on the manger. I don't think that was the case. I think if that would have been the case, more than just a few wise men would have showed up that night. I think it was just another pinpoint of light. But these wise men from the east, they saw the star in the east and they, they studied the heavens. This is what they did. If you look at history, the, the east is where they, they studied the heavens. They charted the Babylonians and the, the Persians. They charted the heavens. And so they're watching this stuff every night, looking at the patterns as the stars cross over. Just like the sun does during the daytime, the stars will actually cross from one horizon to another. And they've mapped it. They put it all down. And they, there's Orion and there's, a, there's a, all the other constellations 
emotions and all of a sudden this one pinpoint of light appeared and they're talking to each other and they said that wasn't there before something has rearranged in the heavens and now they're looking and they're talking to each other and God is stirring them it was something that would have been considered normal except for someone who studied the heavens out of all the 300 million people that lived on the planet earth at that time only three people recognized the significance of that star the rest of the world totally missed it you see only those that are looking for the rapture are going to experience the rapture God help us in America that we lift up our eyes to the heavens and pay attention to what's happening around us. There's so many distractions that want to take our minds off the Word of God, off of prayer, off of being diligent and fervent. Only those that are looking for the second coming are going to experience the second coming. I want to be fervent. I want to be more fervent than I've ever been in my life. I want to get a hold of something that will drive me to look up. When I wake up in the morning, I I want to look up. I don't want to look at my to-do list first. I don't want to look at my iPad first. I want to look into the heavens and see if anything's changing. The Bible recorded a very significant event. That coincided with the crucifixion of Jesus. Matthew 27, 45 says, Now from the sixth hour, which is nine, I'm sorry, twelve o'clock in the afternoon, there was darkness over all the land until the ninth hour, which is three o'clock in the afternoon. The Jewish day starts at 6 a.m., so the sixth hour, six plus six is twelve. Three more hours, it's three o'clock. From twelve to six, for twelve to three rather. There was darkness. In the last three hours of Jesus' life, from 12 p.m. to 3 p.m., there was a total solar eclipse. Now, I've never experienced one personally. I did happen to go on YouTube, the source of all knowledge and wisdom, next to the Bible, and I experienced a solar eclipse today. And it got totally dark. It's about... About this time of day, it would be like something like 8.45, almost 9 o'clock. That's how dark it was. And you can say it was a coincidence. People have said it was a coincidence. I'm sure the Pharisees said it was a coincidence. I'm sure the Romans said it was a coincidence. I'm sure that they said these things happen all the time. But if you are a believer, then we know that that solar eclipse had tremendous spiritual significance. Jesus said, this is the hour of darkness. When he was being crucified, this is the hour of darkness. As he's dying, it was the darkest moment. Sin reigned over all the earth, and the sun was even blotted out by the thing he had spoken into existence. There was complete darkness. And there were other very significant signs in the heaven at that time. Now, the Bible does not record this happening. It records the solar eclipse, but it does not record this. But if you look at the records from NASA, NASA.gov, you can go back 
all the way since time began because it's all mathematical. It's just a mathematical model. If you go back a few days, the sun will spin and the earth will spin and it just goes backwards. It shows you the position of the stars, the constellations, the planets. You can go all the way back. And if you look at the records from NASA going back almost 2,000 years, during the Passover, when Jesus was taken captive, a lunar eclipse occurred as well. A lunar eclipse is when the earth gets between the sun and the moon. And these lunar eclipses are called blood moons. If you look at a lunar eclipse, you can see it's just like when the sun is going down in the west and it paints the clouds, that beautiful auburn and, and the, the purples and the reds. That's exactly what happens to the moon when the earth gets between because the light rays are going through our atmosphere. And so it turns a reddish color, a blood moon. The moon actually turns a deep reddish color. And this is what the Bible meant when it said the moon would be turned to blood. Some people say, well, it's literally going to be turned to blood. I don't believe that because in Revelation 6 and 12, he gave us further indication of what was going to happen. John, seeing in a vision, he said, I beheld when he had opened the sixth seal, and lo, there was a great earthquake, and the sun became black as sackcloth of hair, which could be a solar eclipse, and the moon became as blood. Like blood. What's like blood? Something that's red. It changed color. Now, while any lunar eclipse is fairly significant, the one that occurred on Passover night was incredibly significant. It was the third lunar eclipse to happen on Jewish holidays during the life of Jesus Christ. It was the third one. There would be one more, four total lunar eclipses. And Peter, under the influence of the Holy Ghost, saw the significance of what was happening in the heavens. We quote the first part of this all the time, but this is that. When he was standing up preaching to Jerusalem, he said, but this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. And it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams, and on my servants and on my handmaidens I will pour out in those days of my spirit, and they shall prophesy, and I will show wonders in heaven above. And signs in the earth beneath, blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness. This just happened with Jesus dying on the cross. And the moon into blood before the great and notable day of the Lord come. And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. The reason why Peter reminded Jerusalem of this prophecy was because it was happening before their eyes. You see, this lunar eclipse occurred early in the wee hours of the morning. Who was up early in the wee hours of the morning on the night of Passover? Jesus, his disciples, the Sanhedrin that was trying him. These people saw it. I imagine, just like every other night, they're going to the garden, and they're looking up, and the moon's turning colors. As the soldiers are coming to arrest Jesus that evening. And Peter is remembering this through the power of the Holy Ghost. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon shall be turned to blood before that great and notable day of the Lord come. God uses signs in the heavens, people, to let us know what time it is.
Now, recently something began in the heavens called a lunar tetrad. I'm a total geek, aren't I? A tetrad is a series of four consecutive total lunar eclipses. Also known as blood moons. The tetrads, which is four consecutive total lunar eclipses, has full moons, six full moons in between each blood moon. So you have four blood moons, and between those four are three sets of six full moons. Now, according to NASA, 62 tetrads will occur between 1 A.D. and 2100 A.D. Of the 62 tetrads, eight of them will occur on Jewish biblical feast days, so that they are called biblical tetrads. The eighth biblical tetrad occurs in 2014 and 2015. And there will not be another biblical tetrad for almost 600 years. We are currently in the time of this final eighth tetrad right now. I got up to watch it. It was on Passover, April the 14th and 15th. And um, it happened at about 2.30 in the morning. My wife, when I told her it was going to happen, she said, yeah, babe, wake me up. I want to come see it. But I've learned that my wife is two different persons. <laughs> she is one person when she is fully awake. She is another person entirely when she is waking up. <laughs> I'm in trouble, man. I'm telling you right now. So I said, babe, you sure you want me to wake you? Yeah, wake me up. I want to go enjoy that. Okay, I'll wake you up. So I, when it came time, I was out there, and it was starting to happen, and I'm tiptoeing into the room, being as soft as I can, and I go up to her bed. She's sleeping peacefully, and I got my pillow ready for any kind of... And I tap her on the shoulder, and I said, babe, you asked me, you asked me, you asked me to wake you up. And she kind of mumbled something, and, and uh, a few minutes later, we were both out there, and we watched... At 2.30 in the morning, and most people are sleeping, and the moon is turning to blood. On Jewish Passover, this has happened seven times in the last 2,000 years. This is the eighth time. And as the earth is coming between the sun and the moon, the moon's getting dark and dark, and finally when it's at totality... It turns to this reddish-orange color. And I'm telling you, when Peter said that the Lord would come as a thief in the night, what is he talking about? Nobody is up paying attention. Nobody is expecting it to happen at that point. And this sign that the Bible records, I'm telling you, there's so much skepticism. I can feel skepticism. The sign that the Bible said would happen is happening now. On Passover, when the blood of the Lamb was shed, and it's going, and history tells us 
that these, or scientists rather, tell us that these four tetrads will occur in two months. April on Passover, October on the Feast of Tabernacles. It'll happen next year, 2015, on Passover and the Feast of Tabernacles. Now the odds of this happening is ridiculous. It's crazy. But it will be the last tetrad to ever fall directly on Jewish holidays for six centuries. I believe the first biblical tetrad opened a chapter in human history. And this current tetrad that has begun marks the closing of a chapter in human history. Tetrads have always meant something very significant to the Jewish people. The Jewish Talmud records that total lunar eclipses are indicators or omens for the nation of Israel. Now, I don't read the Talmud. I don't put a lot of stock in the Talmud. But just from the perspective of history, they put two and two together and said, every time there's a tetrad, a biblical tetrad, something crazy happens to Israel. But in this regard, watching the patterns of history, the last two times these occurred on Jewish holidays, there was a war in the Middle East regarding the nation of Israel. The previous one was in 1949, the year after Israel became a nation, and they were fighting to preserve their newly formed nation. The one that came after that was the Six-Day War in 1967, when Israel recaptured Jerusalem. The one that occurred in A.D. 70, they lost Jerusalem. The one that occurred in 1967, they regained Jerusalem. And I'm telling you, you can read into it what you think, what you like. This is where I live, and perhaps it will help me to get to heaven better. But I believe the first Jerusalem was lost, the second Jerusalem was regained. And in this particular tetrad, God is stirring us up to look at a new Jerusalem. He's stirring up. I'm telling you, I've never seen backsliders so stirred in my life. I've never seen backsliders so stirred in my life. They're, they're hungry for something. They're reaching for something. I've got to get right with God. Would you lift your hands to the Lord and just worship Him for a moment? God, let the reality of your second coming come upon our souls, our minds. I believe, Jesus, I believe. Let's do it again. I feel something lifting right now. I feel something changing. I feel kind of a cloud lifting right now. I want to be ready. To be ready, I want to hear the trumpet sound, Lord. Look at somebody without a smile on your face. Point to him. Look at him with a serious look. Say, Jesus is coming. 
This ain't a movie, people. This ain't a fantasy. This is not imagination. We're about to hear the blast of a trumpet. The clouds are going to part wide open. Something's going to happen to change this world forever. One moment we're going to put a foot down on the carpet. Another moment we're going to be dancing on streets of gold. And I'm going to be ready. I'm going to do whatever it takes to be ready. You may be seated. Lift your hands again as you're seated. Let's worship the Lord. This is what I live for, God. This is what I live for. This is what I live for. I don't live for this world. I could care less about this world. I, I love people, but God, I'm ready to see you. I'm ready to see you. I'm ready to see you. It's what I've been working for. It's what I've been fighting the devil for. It's what I've been staying faithful for. I want to see you, Jesus. Now listen, you believe what you want, but something of great worldwide significance is about to happen. I feel like, I feel like a person that's shaking somebody in their bed right now. I feel like I'm shaking somebody that's tired. I feel like I'm, I'm shaking somebody that's weary and they've, they've been working and they've drug out the day and now it's so hard to wake them up. I want to tell you something. We do not have the luxury of wasting a single service. We do not have the luxury of wasting a single prayer meeting. We do not have the luxury of waiting until next week to have a move of God. This thing's rapid. It's wrapping up! It's wrapping up! It's wrapping up! The first blood moon, April 14th, occurred on Passover. Passover is the celebration of the Lamb giving His life for the sins of the world. That's what started the whole church process. The last blood moon will appear on the Feast of Tabernacles. The Feast of Tabernacles is the celebration of the ingathering of the harvest. What did Jesus say would happen? Matthew 24 and 31, and he shall send his angels with the sound of a great trumpet and they shall gather together his elect from the four winds from one end of the heaven to the other does this seem far-fetched to you has anybody been keeping up with world affairs lately 
Anybody been reading any headlines lately? Has anyone noticed the current darkness of this world? Peter discerned the attitude of the skeptic. He said, Second uh, Peter 3 and 4, and saying, where is the promise of His coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were, as they were from the beginning of the creation. Uh, I want to tell you, that is not the attitude I want to have. Uh, I want to have the attitude that Jesus talked about uh, when He said, and when the these things begin to come to pass, then look up, get your head off the ground, get your head off of the affairs of the world, look up, lift up your head, your redemption draw if not. I'll tell you something. There is a major spiritual shift that has happened in this last year. Are there any prayer warriors? You know what I'm talking about, right? Any anybody that that's looking? I'm telling you, something has shifted in the spirit. Not just in America, people. I'm telling you, all over the world, something has tweaked. Something has shifted on our planet. The spirit realm is different right now. When I'm praying now, I'm, I'm trying to pray like I always pray. I'm trying to push like I always push, but I feel something different. I feel, I can't, I, I, I don't know how to describe it to you. I need to, to write it down and detail it, but I'm not going to do that tonight. I want to tell you, but something has shifted. Something has been released against the church. And I believe Satan knows his time is short and he is going to fight with everything that he has got. This is not the time to backslide, people. This is not the time to step out from under your spiritual covering. This is not the time to decide to do your own thing. This is not the time to play patty cakes. I'm telling you, you need to make sure you're right. What did Peter say? With all diligence, looking forward, pressing towards, and all behavior and all godliness and holiness, everything's going to dissolve. Let me ask you a question. Is Jesus still your main thing? We've only got a few hours of church a week. What do we got? Wednesday night, 7.30 to 9 maybe. Thursday, maybe an hour, hour or two. Sunday morning from 10 to 12. Sunday night from 6 to however long we go tonight. That's just a few hours a week. We had better have something going on when we leave this building. Jesus better stay more important than your job. 
He better stay more important than your business. He better stay more important than your plans on this earth. He better stay more important than whatever agenda you got. Jesus is coming, people. I'm not preaching a fantasy. I'm not preaching a, an imagination. Not only is this thing going to happen, it's about to happen. Not only is this thing near, Jesus is knocking at the door. He is knocking at the door. We're about to see Him. We're about to we're about to see him. We're about to see him. We're about to see him. I'm going to actually see the one who broke the chains in my life. I'm actually going to touch the one who loosed my soul. I'm actually going to see him. I want you to do whatever you feel like doing right now. I don't feel a total sorrow. I think some of you are getting excited right now. If you feel like dancing, if you want to practice right now for what you're going to do when Jesus comes, you can go ahead and do it. If you want to weep, if you want to cry, you do whatever you want to do with the Holy Ghost. Just let it all go. No reserve. I don't have time to hold back. Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, if you're not normally a boisterous person for the Lord, if you're not normally a dramatic person, if you're not normally an extravagant worshiper, I'm asking you in the name of Jesus Christ, can you find anything in yourself tonight to reach a little bit further than you reach? It's not only for you. There are people sitting in this room right now. They're deciding between convenience and Jesus. They're deciding between the world and Jesus. I wonder if some saints of God will let your voice out. Let's clear this atmosphere of every spirit of unbelief, of every spirit of doubt and fear. Come on, intercessor. Come on, worshiper. Jesus is coming.
Satan is trembling in his shoes right now. Lucifer is quaking in his boots right now because the one God of Israel is about to appear. The one God of Israel is about to show himself. It's about to be over. The trial's about to be over. The sickness is about to be over. The pain is about to be over. If you need renewing, now's a good time to come. If you want to be restored, now's a good time to come. If you want to be filled with a fresh fire, now's a good time to come. If you want fresh direction, now's a good time to come. Don't wait, don't wait. This isn't fake. This isn't somebody's opinion. Jesus is coming back. I want you prayer warriors to be led of the Holy Ghost right now. Be led of the Spirit right now. If God leads you to put your hands on somebody, I want you to pray a reality of the second coming upon them. Pray that their eyes would be open. Pray that they would be diligent. Pray that they would be diligent. Who can to hasten towards the coming of the Lord, to speed towards the coming of the Lord.